G'day and welcome to the Ball Boys Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Today we are talking some draft versus the first of our mini-series. We're focusing on the top five. Let's go! G'day and welcome to the Ball Boys Fantasy Basketball Podcast. I'm your host, Mitch Casey, and you can find me on Twitter at Ball Boys NBA and on Instagram at Ball Boys Fantasy Basketball. Once again, as always, I'm joined by the Miami Heat stand, uh, Callum Mack. Unfortunately, your team's down, but but how are you feeling, mate? Um, it's been a stressful few weeks. Um, uh, look, I'll be honest. Uh, I was backing my guys. They were the underdogs, I'm aware. I've, I've been backing Jimmy Butler since he was um, really in kind of... I guess Timberwolves days, I've been a big fan. When he went to Philly, um, and, and when I watched that series against Toronto, I, I saw him go head-to-head with Kawhi in the fourth and each of those games, and, and he was putting up buckets. And, it, look, that 2020 finals, that was a bit of a statement. And, yep. and now again in the 2022 season, um, it's obviously multiple multiple sources now. He is a superstar, in my opinion. And, and look, we sunk this year. Unfortunately, hopefully next year we can keep swinging and, and get that championship. We need another piece, I think. Yeah. yeah well, congratulations to I, the Celtics. Yeah, well, uh, as you can see, anyone who's watching on the YouTube video, I'm, I'm <laughs> representing my Celtics who are into the NBA Finals. Game one is on Friday. We're recording this on a Wednesday night. Um, but yeah, I think, you know, uh, just to reflect a little bit on the on the NBA playoffs so far, uh, before we get to the draft stuff, I think... Like you're a big Jimmy Butler fan, and and I think always have <laughs> the the fact that you love him so much just makes I feel like I just want to hate him. I want to like <laughs> not give him credit, but no, he's, he's an incredible player, and probably you know up there, you know there at about around the top ten players in the league right now. How long he's going to be there? He's he's getting up there in age a little bit now, so the windows, you know, I don't know how much longer you've got left to sort of build around or win with Jimmy, but yeah, I think it's um, probably next year is, is the next big hope. Yeah. I assume he's probably going to drop it a little bit Maybe after next season. One or two more years, really. I think you, you, yeah. you're trying to capitalize there. But um, I can enjoy it there. I love me some Jimmy Buckets. Yeah. Just give me his. I'll get as much as I can handle. He, he'll go down swinging, and obviously he's um, he's he's one of those guys who you, you always bet on to show up in the right moments. But shout out to my Celtics into the NBA Finals. Um, I'll go live. I'll, I'll, actually, what's what's your prediction for the NBA Finals? Maybe an unbiased view. Who do you think is going to take it? Golden State or, or Boston? I think it's going to be Boston in six is my prediction. Okay. Um, but it's going to be a tight matchup. I I do expect Steph to have a good series. Um, but traditionally, like these teams have actually matched up pretty well historically for the past few years. It's about a 500 record. If you take out the tanking season um, when they when they got the Wiseman second draft pick, they had pretty much been 500 against each other. So, And that's with their full lineups with their stars. So it, it's um, going to be a good series. It should be a lot of offense. Um, I think this time around, because obviously Miami didn't have that offensive spark yeah. that Golden State quite have there. Yeah, I, I am predicting Celtics in six two, and maybe hoping for Celtics in two uh, six. Sorry, um, so they can close it out in front of the home fans uh, and win their first NBA championship since two thousand and eight, uh, and the KG Paul Pierce Ray Allen era. So, fingers crossed. But 
we're not here to talk about the playoffs. We're talking about the NBA draft, which is fast approaching at the end of this month. Um, now we are officially in June. Um, today we're going to be talking in detail in the top five, uh, and we're going to be doing a bit of a mini-series, so look out for these podcasts coming up where we're breaking down a few of these ones. Uh, in the later mini-series, we're going to go through some of the positional rankings later on in the draft, but today we're going to break down the top five, starting with the top three. Now, we've broken it up into the, split it into the top three, and then the next two, because it seems by consensus you may agree, I may agree or disagree. But these top three seem to be these forwards, maybe Chet as a center, but Chet Holmgren, Jabari, uh, Smith Jr. and Paolo Banquero seem to be usually the names we see at the top three. There's not a clear number one, um, although in my eyes, I think there is, but by consensus there isn't. But we're going to be going through how we would rank them what we see, the differences are, the, the ceiling and floor and best fits for each of these teams. I'll, I'll throw it to you, Callum. Give me your order of those three forwards at the top of the draft. Okay, well, I've gone on the record and, and saying I'm a bit low on Chet. Yeah. And I'll go on the record again. I do have those guards actually even above him. I know. Um, Is that still, to, so that was our last big board. Have you still, do you still feel that way? I still feel that way. And yeah. I think I love these guards, by the way. So when we get to that okay. section, I'm excited. I, I love both Ivy and Sharp. Yep. But in terms of the forwards, um, to me, it kind of is more of a two-man race between Jabari Smith and Paolo Bancara. Um, and I think, depending on need, I, I'm not too fussed to go either way. They're, they're both different players. Um, I personally still prefer Jabari Smith as the number one pick. I think he's okay. just more solid. He, in terms of he's a more stable piece to build around. Um, but that being said, I do actually think Paolo probably has a higher ceiling, weirdly, just with his offensive prowess, if he can touch into the defensive end of, of the spectrum, it, he could be pretty special. Um, so my order would be Jabari Smith Jr., Paolo, Ben Kara at the two, and then Chet would be the third of these three players ranked. Okay. All right. It's funny. Yeah. All right. I think you, you know my feelings. Uh, for me, Chet is my number one, and I don't think I can see that changing now. I think um, if I – we did that mock draft, and I think I'd, I, I sent Jabari to Orlando more based on fit – I think I'd, I've even changed my mind there, and I, I think that Chet is just the best player in the draft, in my opinion. Um, and then I've got Jabari second and Paolo third. Now, I actually have Paolo a little bit behind these guys, so I probably feel about feel similar to, about Paolo as you do about Chet. I've got my concerns. I've got my worries. Um, I can recognize there's good potential there, but I, def, I just don't see the ceiling that other people get, or I think the likelihood of him reaching that ceiling is far lower than I think other people might be projecting. So maybe let's let's start there. Where do you see Paolo Bancaro and at his best um, being in the NBA? And and how realistic is it for him to reach that, in your opinion? I think out of all of them, he can create his shot the best. Uh-huh. And for that reason, that, that's why I do see him as kind of like that potential superstar um, if it all works well for him. And then that's because he yeah, creates his own shot. He's 6'10", big, big frame, can move around the court quick enough. I, I can see his ceiling being somewhere around like a 25-point-per-game score and, and 10 rebounds. You play him at the four, he's big enough to get some get some rebounds as well. It's just that defensive prowess. So I'm not too sure how many wins you could get with a team based around him at this point in time, which is why there are some question marks. But in terms of a ceiling, if he can tap into that, um, yeah, 25 point per game scorer, um, which on the other hand, I, I wouldn't 
um, really say Chet has that ceiling personally. Do you think that? So I know you th- you threw the word in superstar in there, and I'm going to highlight that word because I think this word gets thrown around a fair bit. Um, there's very few players in the NBA. In fact, I would go as to say there's probably only nine to ten, maybe twelve superstars. I think in the NBA. And, and I would classify a superstar as like a player who can be the best player on a championship team, right? Then you've got like this like next tier of all-stars or like, you know, really good players. But if they were the main dude on a team, they wouldn't be able to get it done. You know, someone like a Paul George, I think, would fall into this category. Someone like a Devin Booker, I would say, falls into this category. Really good players, but I don't think that they can lead their team off their own back without any other sort of all-star help. To, to the championship. Do you think Paolo Banquero fits in that category in like a, let's say like a top 12, top 15 player in the NBA? Do you think he has that kind of upside? I think it's quite unlikely. Right. Yeah. Uh, I'd, this- I'd hedge my bets and say, unfortunately, no. Yeah. Um, maybe another way to put it, even with all these top five prospects, if you include the guards, I kind of would have them all. If you go to a star rating, I'd say that like a four star mm-hmm. prospect in the fact that, yeah, look, all of them probably do have that upside potentially. But it's but a low. That I, I wouldn't, yeah, I don't think they're quite that five-star prospect. If they, all things work out well. And as I said, Paolo needs to tap in on, on the defensive end and and really make it work in the offensive, which I think he has the tools to do specifically yeah. on offense. And he can put up the 25 points per game. But it, will that um, actually reflect winning basketball is, is the question mark that I really do have for him, which wouldn't let me put him into that superstar um, tangent. Yeah, I think I think I agree with you, and so for that reason, that's why I've got him a bit lower because I think that his uh, contribution to winning is is less than these other two. Because I think if you put him on a team based on just what I've seen in in his interviews and the way that people are talking about him, and and that superstar label is attached to Paolo Banquero. People are saying he's like the guy who can create his own shot and he can play and make for others and all this. And I get that in a vacuum, but. The comps that I also see and that I actually, when I watch his film and I see, I see a Julius Randle or I see, uh, you know, maybe a more, a more fluid moving DeBonta Sabonis or uh, Blake Griffin, maybe with slightly less bounce. Um, and that kind of type of player, whilst is an all-star and, you know, is, is a good player, I've just never seen that type of player succeed in the NBA as the number one dude. Um, and so for that reason... Like, do you really want to draft him one or two in the NBA? Like, I know you, you want to sell tickets and that sort of stuff, and you maybe you want you, you just want to get the best you can out of these guys. But I, I sort of see the ceiling a little bit limited compared to maybe some of these other guys. Um, so that that's my thoughts. I think he's he's number three still on my big board, but I just don't necessarily see the ceiling there. Um, like, he would have to be like a. Probably closer, I know this is a terrible um, comparison, but more because of his body, but he had to be like a LeBron James kind of type of player, someone who's like literally the point guard on offense and, and you know, is serviceable on defense to really hit that superstar, like true superstar ceiling. And I just, I just don't really see that in my opinion. Yeah, I, as I said, I wouldn't put my money on it, but but weirdly out of all of them, just because I know he can sure yeah. score and, and does have a prowess to create his own shot, Jabari, on the other hand, doesn't quite have um, that shot creation in terms yeah. of give it to him and he can get you a bucket. Great shooter, incredible shooter. That's why he is where he is. And and, and I'd have the same argument again for Chet. Chet, 
obviously as the height and the reach to probably shoot over people, I, I feel like best case scenario from an offensive point would be like a Dirk Nowitzki where you can just give it to him and he can weirdly shoot on top of people. But I just yeah. don't quite see that for him personally. That's, so, that's quite uh, a lofty ceiling. Um, so if he can get there, obviously you've got an incredible player. I don't necessarily think he's going to get that high. Um, but so if we're, if we're talking about Chet here, where do you see his ceiling tapping out? Um, look, Chet, uh, the one thing I did mention last time is, is guys of this size and frame, I think it's, it's harsh to do it, but you have to have a little bit of a injury concern, um, just on yeah. his build. It, it is what, look, me personally, I'm, I, I maybe don't quite trust the history, unfortunately. Um, the, even the though he's a hustler, is- he plays hard. Yes. Um, but I, I think this guy's ceiling is more a second or third on a championship team. And, and and that is more reflective of someone like a Pau Gasol or someone like that, yeah. that obviously couldn't get it done himself. Um, and, and for that reason, because offensively, I think Paolo potentially could be a number one option. It's just yet to be determined if that's going to correlate to winning basketball with Chet. I just know he's not the number one option. Uh, and, and yes, he's capable on defensive end and can do great things in the court. But if you want to swing for the fences, I would probably prefer to go Paolo just for that little bit more upside, in my opinion. Yeah, I I weirdly think that Chet has the highest upside in this draft. And and I'm not here saying that he's going to be a 30 points per game scorer, but I think that just the totality of the way he affects the game is going to be bigger than a lot of these other guys. Um, I'm not as concerned with the injury side of things for you because of his frame. Um, you can point to players like Porzingis or um, Mo Bamba and things like that and say that they're injury prone and they came in skinny, but they also had injury history coming into the draft. They had uh, uh, like pre-existing injuries, whereas Chet doesn't really have any of that um, concern historically, which is the biggest red flag when we're, when we're trying to predict injury proneness. Um, you know, he, he's got... a uh, a blank slate in terms of his body, you know, we, we're not going to have, if they do it smartly and they don't pack on, you know, 50 pounds of, of muscle in his upper half, then he should be okay. And, and they can build his strength up slowly over time and, and go from there. So I'm not too worried about that point of view, but if, if I compare his ceiling to a player, like I know you threw out Pau Gasol and this is going to be, uh, again, I'm not saying he's going to get here, but let me throw a player archetype, like a Tim Duncan out there. So Tim Duncan, I know, yeah, settle down, settle down. I'm not saying he's going to be Tim Duncan. Time. That's yeah. <laughs> but let me just say, like, Tim Duncan was not, uh, uh, like, give it to him, he's going to go and drop you 40 kind of player. He, he well, I would argue in his prime he could. Yeah, anyway. maybe in his prime, but let, let's say, like, the second half of his of his career, Tim Duncan. Um, someone who, who could still give you 20 a night, but he was, you know... Uh, Awesome defensively, was able to pass the ball, was a good leader, sort of low maintenance kind of guy, and that's that's what I see the ceiling of of Chet being, and that and that kind of all perennial all defensive guy, um, probably your second scorer on a championship team, but he might still be your best player. He might just not be your best scorer, for example, and and that's kind of what I see his ceiling being. So that's why I have him as my number one player. So, so what's the perfect person to match with Chet then? Like, what do you want to see next to him? Well, I would love to see... So, I was always a big fan of him going to the Rockets. Um, I would have... I, I, I'm really hoping that he goes well, to well, someone... Let's like big picture. He's saying someone maybe like a... Um, like uh, a, a good shooting guard. Yeah, like uh, a Jalen Green. For example. You know, Jalen Green, Devin Booker. Like, some of these other guys that maybe they're not that tier one superstar, but they're in that tier two. You know, like if you had him paired with someone like even like uh, if you went to the Thunder for example could Shea be that guy you know Shea puts up 25 a night um, you know is that enough offense between him um, 
and then uh, Chet Holmgren and then Josh Giddy, and then you've got a few other shooters around him. Is that enough offense to get you through there with it with an awesome defense, for example? I think that that is the beginnings of a of a championship level nucleus. Um, whereas if I if I put Paolo on that team, there's just a whole lot of shooting. There's a whole lot of you know, bucket getters, but I don't know if that's a championship level team, if that makes sense. So that's that's just my my view on on Chet versus Paolo and and Jabari for that matter. Let's let's talk about Jabari as well. Uh, again, I'll ask you the same question: Where do you see his ceiling topping out? Um, I, I see this man as just an absolute sniper, um, twenty and ten, pretty much every game, and and brings it on the defensive end as well. Great yeah. help defender, uh, can move quickly, can run the court, can play so many. He can play any way you want, and the fact that he stretches the court. Can be a small ball five, um, spreads the court with the four. Um, uh, the fact that he shot, you know, about forty two percent from three point range in college is a great sign. It was just knocked in every time he shot it. I felt like it was going in. Um, I take it back thirty forty three point six percent from three point range, even better. Yeah, it's great. So and on, it's a lot of attempts too. Yeah, so I feel like you know what you're getting, and yeah. and that's why I do actually have him number one because I just think it's a great piece. Every team needs him, and and because he is there defensively, he is a I definitely do think he's a, a piece on a championship team in the future. I, I agree. I think be. he. I think he's conducive to the current like style of basketball. He can he can move well laterally. He's obviously got the shot. Um, he's someone who you can be flexible with his position. He can play small ball five. You might even be able to get him on the three with some bigger lineups if you really wanted to. Um, uh, funnily enough, I think he's got the lowest ceiling out of these guys, but I also think he's got the highest floor. Um, so he's obviously the safest pick. Um, he's actually a, a full year younger than Chet and half a year younger than Paolo Boncaro. So the youngest of these three. Um, so we do have to factor that into it as well. So, you know, we say uh, he has a lower ceiling, but his ceiling's still pretty high. Like, I definitely think he can be a, a perennial all-star sort of type player at his peak, but I don't necessarily think he's going to be in that top echelon. Um, maybe even scraping into that second tier, you know, like that that Paul George or that, Devin Booker tier. Um, I don't know if he even gets that high. Maybe he's like towards the back end of that tier. Um, but I definitely see him potentially being a, a multi-time all-star sort of, and someone who can definitely be, you know, the second or third best player on a, on a championship level team. Yeah, I see that too. On a championship team, I, I don't see him as number one at this point either. I think he would be that complimentary yeah. uh, second piece that can just be a sniper from long range. Yeah, yeah. I don't necessarily see him scoring more than 25 a night, uh, but I definitely don't see him scoring less than 18 a night. Like, he's going to be sort of in that range and, and not someone who you can pick on defensively. Let's go on to... Well, before we go on to our next two players we're going to compare, let us know what you guys think in the comments on YouTube. Let us know who you think is number one, two, three. I'm also getting a lot of hate about Chet Holmgren. I'm seeing in the comments, guys. Uh, that's all right. Tell us why you hate him. Tell you why you think I'm crazy. Um, is it... Simply because he's skinny. Um, is it something else? Let us know. Um, let's go on to this next two, the versus series. Um, Jaden Ivey versus Shaden Sharp. Um, who do you prefer? Who do you like? And give me your thoughts on both of their ceilings. Uh, it's really tough for me, this one. I think both their ceilings are so high, honestly. Both of them have the high, some of the highest ceilings, I think, in the draft. Yeah. Um, it's just... We haven't seen enough of Shaden Sharp to, yeah. to really make a conclusive argument. If he played in in college, um, look, maybe he just went to a lottery pick, or, or maybe he is the number one pick. You don't really know, but I think he does have the tools. He's still so young at at nineteen. He did measure in a little bit shorter at the combine um, than I guess you would have liked. He was more listed at six six. He's come in at six four point two five. 
Um, so is that without I'm still, shoes? I'm still not. That... Um, I think that's without shoes they do these days. Yeah, in, in the combine, but yeah, I'm six, looking four, at two, the five combine. Without shoes. Six five point two five with shoes. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I in my mind, I had him at six six, maybe a bigger frame than I thought he was at that Kobe body. If yep. he's six four, more on that spectrum, I guess that is without shoes. It's similar, maybe it's a bit more of a. Um, but, but the athleticism's there. That's the thing. Yeah. He, he is, this guy's athleticism is through the roof. Wingspan's still he, there. Six and a, six and six eleven and a half uh, wingspan. So he's he's long. He's he's going to be able to guard bigger than his size. Yeah, and, and that's a good point. And he, he is built pretty well um, for someone of his age. Yeah. Um. But okay, we'll, we'll have a look at Ivy. So Ivy, he has those flashes, right? Yeah. I think he's just got those flashes where he's just so athletic, can play in the court in the open court with such pace. I did compare him. Um, to a bit of a John Wall when I was looking at some of the tapes. Um, specifically, when he is in transition, I think he could be lethal. Um, kind of like your De'Aaron Fox as well, um, mm. a, a potential player like that. The question mark is the um, playmaking. Can, can he really yeah. be a, become a good playmaker? We said the same things about Westbrook when he came into the draft. Um, it's hard to have someone up with Westbrook in terms of athleticism. But Ivy is close. He, he's he really close, is man. close. He is dynamic. Like he is, and he's... He's got that athleticism that's actually useful. Like I often, people get very enamored with people who can jump really high and dunk it really good, but his speed and his like um, acceleration, lateral quickness um, really allows him to do things on the court that other players just can't in terms of, even if he's, you know, made a mistake on defense, he can retreat and, and get back or he can just blow by guys just simply because they're not fast enough to keep up with him. So it is something that... And he can get in the paint and dunk on anyone as well. Let's <laughs> yeah, put that yeah. out there. <laughs> he, can, he can jump and he can dunk really, really hard. So um, I'm typically someone who doesn't... Uh, I maybe under... Maybe not undervalue, but I don't value athleticism as much as maybe the next person. But for someone like this, I can definitely see the appeal and definitely see the, the value that he brings. Um, I, I agree with you. The question here is, is he a point guard? Is he a shooting guard? If he's a shooting guard, I think it limits his ceiling a fair bit because... I don't think you're going to get the most out of him playing off the ball than you are if if you can make that transition to be a point guard. If he was someone um, like that Westbrook that can make that transition, then definitely I can I can see him joining those other three, and I and I might even move him a, a, ahead of Paolo for me as that kind of guy who could be that. Again, not tier one, but maybe like a tier two level star like a four-star recruit. Um, but if he's off-ball and, and that's not going to happen, maybe he's more of a three-star recruit and, and it so, does sort of limit his ceiling. I, I have him ahead of Sharp fairly comfortably. The only thing I would say that if it's like a Sacramento Kings and you've already Which got... Which it is, that four. Yeah, I know. And you've got, the, <laughs> you've got the Fox thing. I don't know. Like, do you swing for Sharp? I I hate I'd hate to be the Kings right now and making this decision. I, I don't know what I'd do. I'd be trying to trade down and get something else, or even trade out, um, because I don't think there's nothing wrong getting Shaden Sharp. I, I think that is a good fit. Well, there, there might be the something fences. wrong. I mean, he might like we don't have the 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 footage. We don't have the stats to back it up. You know, a lot of players do really well in high school. A lot of a lot of guys look the, the part, but they just don't they don't bring it. You know, it's the NBA. It's yeah, I, I'm a little bit more nervous than I think that you are. I think you're you're higher on Sharp than I am. He could be the best guy in the draft. But What's his floor? Okay, mind, we, we're really talking about he could be. we're talking about ceiling. What's Shaden Sharp's floor? 
Um, <laughs> bust. He could definitely be, yeah. he could be the bust of the draft. Yeah. And he that's why could. instead of being like, in terms of potential, he, he could be the number one pick if I'm quite honest, but it's just, he also has such a bust potential. I'm so much more comfortable. Yeah. If I had the first pick, I, I want someone stable. I would go with a Jabari. I'm, I'm not, I wouldn't take that risk on someone like a sharp. Unfortunately, I don't think he will be that bust. I think probably at, at a floor, he's still going to be some kind of role player. Um, even if he is a bit of a spark plug, plug, let's say he's just a heat check guy at the bench. That's probably worst case scenario for me. Cause he does have the tools to at least defend. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. I think his ceiling to me, I, I see him, I think I, I gave an Andre Iguodala example. I think I'm, I'm going to subtract that, that comp and I'm going to go with a different, different guy I'm going to compare him to is, uh, a Jalen Brown. Um, speaking of the Boston Celtics, I think, you know, that guy who, you know, maybe his handle's not there completely yet, but he's got the athletic tools. He's got that shot creation potential there. He's, um, you know, he's got that athleticism there. Um, but, you know, maybe doesn't have that playmaking or, or sort of, um, ball handling skills that's quite there that's that's kind of my ceiling for him you know maybe you know an all-star but but not quite the number one guy on a team so I don't know if I see the the number one player in the draft upside that you do and then on a low side fuck I don't know maybe is he Zaya Williams like what's his (laughs) uh I don't know is is he someone that just you know Josh Jackson you know someone we talked about to throw a name back out there was a top I think top four or five pick you know, had a lot of hype with his athleticism a few years back. Like, is that the kind of player that he could be? I think there's a lot of downside. Yeah, I actually do like the um, Jalen Green comparison. I, I do actually quite like that in terms of what he could be. Yeah. Um, just a big dude on the wing. Jalen Brown. Of people. Sorry, Jalen Brown. Yeah. Um, Jalen Brown um, from the Celtics. Yeah. I, I do like that comp. Um, it's just the shooting. Even if it just becomes sort of a heat check guy, you could even, I've seen some people who are a bit lower on him compare him to a J.R. Smith, um, yeah. who, who did have a reasonable NBA yeah, career. Yeah, decent career, yeah. Yeah, I just don't know if you want to be drafting that. I mean, I mean, if you're the Pistons and he's there at five, I think you take the swing because like, you've got nothing else to really worry about. You, you're not tr- going to be drafting a Keegan Murray at that point, I don't think. So you take that swing on the upside. Um, I just With the Kings, uh, I don't know. I don't know if you can afford to strike out like that because uh, I don't know with your history and everything like that. I just I don't I don't trust them in developing that talent at all. Um, so I just wouldn't want that responsibility. Give me give me Jeremy Grant or something like that, and just and maybe another another piece, and and then we'll call it a day. Uh, all right, let, that'll do it for us today, guys. Let us know what your thoughts about these top five players. If there's anyone else that you think should be in the top five conversation, maybe it's a Keegan Murray, maybe it is a Dyson Daniels or, or a Jalen Duran. Let us know in the comments below. Hit that thumbs up button. Uh, make sure you subscribe to YouTube. If you're listening on iTunes, make sure you subscribe there. And we will see you guys more with more draft content. Laters.